Good morning, Shavua Tov. Today's daf is the last daf of the Masech, of Masech Zeruvin, daf Kuf Hay. I think let's go from the Mishnah on Kuf Dalad Amud Bay, 104b. It's all one discussion and uh, it's mostly one discussion and it's also a shorter daf today. And yeah, so today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas Ben Zion Ben Zev Avram Alevi. May his Neshama have an Aliyah. Okay, so the, this Mishnah, final Mishnah of the Masechta, says um, just a little bit about a little bit of background. We've been discussing, um, so, yeah, so we've been discussing the base of Migdash and that it pushes aside Isurei Jarabonin. So we continue with that. And this one is that we know you're not allowed to have Tumah in the base of Migdash. So the discussion here is going to be like a Sheretz. Let's say, for example, a, liv, a lizard or something like that. One of the Shmona Shrotzim, when they're dead, they transmit Tumah. So what happens if there's one in the base of Migdash? Now, the first, the mission is focused on specifically Shabbos because it's also a problem of Muktza. Um, dead insects have no use, so they're also Muktza. So that's the that's why this mission is here. But the first point is actually relevant to the whole week. Um, and the question is, what's better? You've got to move this lizard. Now, if you actually touch the lizard, the lizard, the 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 sherets, the the dead sherets is an avatuma, so the kohen will receive tuma. So that's definitely he shouldn't do. But now the two options are: he can quickly take his bolt belt pick it up with his belt and move it out. It won't make him Tame, but it will make his holy, his big day Kodesh, his holy garment, his holy belt um, Tame, but he'll get it out straight away. Well, the second option is to go look for, go get wooden tongs, which, you know, I'm sure more like the ones we're describing are more like, like for us. They're flat, not like uh, curved ones, but flat um, and flat wooden utensils don't become Tome. So you can go look for a pair of tongs, come pick it up and uh, take it out. That way there will be no increase in Tome. There will be no holy things becoming Tome. The only thing is it takes the time to go get the tongs, come back and remove it. So what's better to get out quicker or and use his belt but he will spread Tome to his belt or not. So he says, Rabbi Yochanan ben Broker. Rabbi Yochanan ben Broker says if he finds the sherets in the base of Migdash, the Kohen must quickly take his belt and take it out so that you don't leave Tuma in the base of Migdash. I, he says it's much better to get it out as quick as possible. Rabbi Yehuda Oimer, Rabbi Yehuda says, but seves shall eight shalola rabo says Tuma. Rabbi Yehuda says no, it's better to go get tongs so that you don't increase the Tuma. Okay, so that's the machloikas as we described. What's better to rather have spread tuma a bit, or is it better to get the sherets out of the base amigdash as quick as possible? Now, granted, there's no isure derabonin in the base amigdash, so strictly speaking, there wouldn't be this concept of mukta. Obviously, it would only apply where necessary. So. What the Gemara, what the Mishnah is now going to go into, what part of the base Amigdash is it essential to move this lizard from? Are you find a lizard on the temple compound? Where in the, where in the, where would you have to remove it from? So, what areas? 
So the first opinion says, From the Heichal, that's the Kodesh HaKotoshim, where the Aaron Kodesh is, etc. The Kodesh, that's where the Mizbeach HaKotoris, the Menorah, the Shulchanah, etc. And the area of the courtyard that's between the Ulam, remember that's the antechamber, the entrance into the Kodesh and the Kodesh HaKotoshim, and the Mizbeach. Remember the large... Um, the large Mizbech was in the courtyard, so but the area between the Mizbech and the Kodesh is extra holy. So, Divrei Rabbi Shimon Ben Anas, that's the opinion of Rabbi Shimon Ben Anas. So, if it's anywhere um, east of the Mizbech, you would not, you would leave the Sheretz there. Rabbi Akiva Oimer Kol Mokom Shechavim Al Zadoyna Torahs Valshkigoso Chatas Mishom Moitzinoso. He says, any place where if a person who was Tomei would enter, he would, if he did it on purpose, he would be Chai of Kores, and if he did it by mistake, he would be Chai of Chattas. Wherever a person who is Tomei, we know a Tomei person is not allowed to go into the, into the base Hamikdash, wherever he's not allowed to go, you remove it from. So, and that translates into the whole Azorah, the whole courtyard. Um... Says Vashar Kolamakomas and everywhere else. Okay, according to Benanos, anywhere east of the Mizbech, and according to Rabbi Akiva, anywhere else outside of the actual Chotzer, the Azora, what do you do there? Koifin Olov Paschastar, you turn a copper pot over it and you'll remove it after Shabbos. You don't override Mukta for that case. Rabbi Shimon Omen, now this last phrase of the Mishnah, as we're going to see, doesn't really fit in, and we'll discuss, it's the last few lines of the Gemara, discussing what's Rabbi Shimon going on, but Rabbi Shimon Omer, Mokom Sheitiru Lo Chachomim, where the sages permitted something to you, then Mishelcho Noisno Lecho, they gave it to you, Shelohi Tiru Lecho Elo Mishum Shfus, they only permitted it to you, because it's the Isu Durabonon. Okay, again, that line is cryptic, we'll see in the Gemara, at the end of the Masechta, what is discussing. Let's go on to the Gemara. Omer Avtavi Bar Kisna, Omer Shmur. Avtavi Bar Kisna said in the name of Shmur. Very counterintuitive halachi. He says, Hamachnis Tomei Sheretz Lemitesh Chayav. If someone takes something that is Tomei from a Sheretz, uh, he takes a metal bowl that became Tomei from a Sheretz into the Beis Amikdash, he's liable for bringing Tomei into the Beis Amikdash. Sheretz Atzmo, but if he would bring the actual Sheretz itself, Potter, he'd be exempt. Again, we'll go into the source, we'll go into the discussion now, but this, this law seems backwards, and that's uh, why it's so surprising, is if you carry the actual Sheretz, uh, assuming a lizard is one of them, but not necessarily, you carry the lizard into the base, I mean, that's, you're not hired for bringing Tum into the into the you carry a bowl that became Tomei from a lizard, you would be Chayav. Says, my timer, what's the reason? the says, If a male, whether it's a male or a female who is Tomei, you will send them out of the Beis Amidash. But it says, it's lumping together things that become, can become Tomei, Tohor through a mikveh, which excludes a Sheret. If you take one of the Shmona Shrotzim who are dead and Tomei, and you put them in the mikveh, it doesn't become Tohor. This Pasuk is saying only things like a person, who if they went into the mikveh, would become Tohor. So that's why for this Kli, this metal that you would put in the mikveh, it would become Tohor. If you carry it into the Beis Amikdash, you'd be liable for bringing Tumor into the Beis Amikdash. Whereas the actual lizard... 
The actual sheretz, if you put it in the base amigdash, if you put it in the mikvah, it would not become tahor. If you bring it into the base amigdash, you're not chayv. Says Leimah Masaleh, oh, we can bring a proof for him from the following brayse. It says Mizochavat nekeva tashalcheu. The pasuk says, if it's a man or a woman who is tomei, you will send them out. Prot lekli cheresh. Divrei Rabbi Yosi It excludes a kli cheresh. That's a kli cheresh earthenware vessels. That's Rabbi Yosi Aglili's opinion. Now my timer. Why would you? Why would a klicheres not be a problem? Again, this price that comes along and says it's a man or a woman who's if they tomme you must send them out. But if it's a klicheres, if it's earthenware, you don't have to send it out. The pesach mikdash says lami shum to lace late to harab a mikvah. It must be because it cannot become purified in the mikvah. I, as we just said, if you metal, stone, wood, etc., if they become tomah, you put them in the mikvah. But cheres, earthenware, if it becomes tomah, you have to break it. So that's what he's saying, exactly like we just said. Something that can become purified through the mikvah, if they go into the base of mikdash while tomah, you transgress. But something that can be not become tohor through a mikvah, like this price that says cheres, and like we wanted to say an actual sheret, would not, you would not be chayav. So that seems a good support. The Gemara answers, Lo, Misha, Nasa, Avatuma, only someone who's, it's, it's excluding something that be, can become an Avatuma. Yotza, Klicheret, Sheinu, Nasa, Avatuma, which excludes a, a Klicheret, which cannot become an Avatuma. Remember when discussing Tuma, it goes in levels. There's Aviavosa Tuma, the father of fathers of Tuma, the highest category, that would be a mace itself, a human corpse. However, lower than that would be an avatum. An avatum is more general. The sheretz is avatoma. A person is a zav or a zav or nida yole, etc. They are avatuma. Um, anyone who becomes tome from a mace is an avatuma. Now, klicheres, very interestingly, from the aspect that if it does become tome, it is, you can't even make a tohar in the mikvah, it's actually, it can't become an avatuma. Why not? So what would be the one way to make it an avatuma would be if a zavor or a zavor lean on it. We know if, any, if a zavor or a zavor sit or stand or lie down on something, they make it an avatuma also. But klicheres, if they would sit or lie or lean on it, would break. So therefore, it's not susceptible to tumas midrash. And not only that, the posuk say um, a mace. So what happens, maybe there's a klicheres that touches a corpse, or in the same room as a corpse. Shouldn't it become avatuma like any other kli that's in contact with the, with the corpse? So there's a drosha that only things that can be purified in a mikveh can become tome from a mace. So this klicheres, so klicheres, very interestingly, cannot become an avatuma. So let's just jump and tie this back in. We wanted to suggest that maybe only things that can become purified by a mikvah is it forbidden to bring into the base mikdash. And we wanted to say that would be the svara why a klicheres cannot become avatumah so you can take it, it cannot become purified for the mikvah so you can take it into the base mikdash. And now we just said no, it could actually be based on a different principle that only things that can become an avatumah, this high level of tumah, can you not take into the base mikdash? But a klicheres can um, cannot become an avatuma. Therefore, you could take it into the base amigdash if it's tome. Interesting, important to note that 
if let's say you have metal or a person or something that can become an avatuma, if they're even only a rishon, i.e. even a lower level of tumma, they still can't go into the base amikdash. Just the isur is created by the fact that they could become an avatuma. So now we're going to try prove. Um, say it's actually a machlokas tenoim. This again, this point that if you would carry a sheretz into the base amikdash, you wouldn't be liable for taking tumah into the base amikdash. Let's say that's a machlokas tenoim. Sheretz in into the amikdash kohen moitzia behemiano shelo. Sorry, behemiano shelo lahashi says a tumah dibre Rabbi Yochanan ben Broika. Rabbi Yochanan ben Broika says if you find a sheretz in the base amikdash, the kohen must quickly pick it up with his belt and take it outside. Rabbi Yehuda Aimeh b'tzava shel eitz motzia shelol rabbo says a tumah. Rabbi Yehuda says no, rather go find and fetch tongs so that it's you don't increase the tumah. Now my love, b'hokam ifliki, there must be arguing the following: the man, the omar shelol lahashos kosov hamachni sheretz lemikdash chayev. The one who says Get it out as quick as possible. Must hold that you're not allowed to bring a sheretz into the base of mitzvah. That's why he says, rather make the belt of the kohen, the holy belt, tome, but get the sheretz out because the, you hire for having it there. You're not allowed to have the sheretz there. And the other opinion says, uman de omar sheloy le rabos. The one, um, Rabbi Akiva, who says, sorry, Rabbi Yudu says, rather get tongs, Kosovar, Amachni Sheretz, Lemikdash, Potur, says you Potur. So rather than making more, it's not, it's not really such a problem to have it there. So rather than make other things, Tome, go get tongs. It will take you a bit of time, but go get tongs and take it out. Seems to be the same. Machloke as the Gemara says, Law, not necessarily. The Kuli Alma Chayev. Everyone holds you could be liable for bringing an actual sheretz into the base of Midrash. And they're arguing in the following point. The one opinion holds it's better to leave the tumor there a little bit longer rather than making other things like the belt tome. And the other opinion holds, no, rather let the tumor spread a little, but get it out as quick as possible. Aye, the machloikes might have... Um, the machloikes might have nothing to do with whether you're liable or not for bringing a sheretz into the base amikdash. Both could hold that you're liable for bringing a sheretz into the base amikdash, but there's a calculation here. What's better, to get it out quicker... Or to not make other things tome. And that's the discussion. Elo kahanita. Okay, so let's actually say that it's based on the following machloikas tonight. Again, the, can you, we know that if a person who is tom, a person or an atom that is tome from a sheretz is not allowed to be brought into the base amigdash. Shmuel, they said in the name of Shmuel that if you take an actual sheretz into the base amigdash, you're not liable. So we want to say, Elokani Tanai, that's a machloket Tanai. The Tanai, as we learned in our Mishnah, Mehechon Motzin or so, etc. From where do you have to remove it? Remember, Rabbi Shimon Benana says you only remove it if it's west of the Mizbech, from the Mizbech going holy in the temple. And Rabbi Akiva says, no, even if it's anywhere in the Azora, in the courtyard, you remove it. He says, now, my la- what they're arguing, what's their machlokes based on? Why should it... Um, so my demand law the one who says you don't remove it from the courtyard he must hold that if you 
remove a sheretz from the Migdash, you would be patur. And Rabbi Akiva, who says, no, wherever it is in the Azor, you have to remove it, must hold you liable, you chayav, for being in the Korbanin. And it seems to end up with this discussion. So it's actually a mach- it seems to actually be a machloikes tenoim. A um, little bit of a discussion amongst the Rishonim, but I think the simple way of reading it is that we have a machlokes tenoim. What's a machlokes tenoim? Again, as we said, very counterintuitive. You carry something, or you have a person who is tome from a sheretz, they are liable for going into the base amigdash or bringing tumah into the base amigdash. However, if you would carry, you have a packet with an actual sheretz in it, and you carry it into the base of Mikdash, you would not be liable. That seems to be a machloikes tanaim. According to Rabbi Shimon ben Nanas, you don't have to get it out. Because he says, if it's anywhere in the courtyard, except north, except west of the Mizbah, just turn a clear over it. We see it's not essential to get the Tumah out. Whereas Rabbi Kiva says, no, you get it out. Wherever it is in the Azorah, wherever it is in the courtyard, if we see Rabbi Kiva holds, you're not allowed to have that Tumah there, you're not allowed to have a Sherit there. Just one interesting point Rashi raises. So according to ben Nanas, there's no issue, there's no problem of having the sherets in the base Amigdash. So why does he allow you to override Shabbos if the sherets is in the courtyard west of the Mizbah, between the Mizbah and the Ulam? He says you still take it out. But wait, according to how we've just explained it, you're overriding Mutza, which is the Isu Durabonon. So in the temple we generally do, but for what purpose? What are you gaining? There's nothing wrong with the sherets there, according to Rabbi Shimon Benanis. According to Rabbi Akiva, you hire for bringing tum into the temple. Okay, so that's a problem. So you override the Israel books and you get it out. But according to Benanis, there's no, there's no problem with it being there. So why do you have to get it out? So Rashi gives an interesting spore. He says... He says, And you take it out from these areas which are extra Kodosh. Out of respect for the Shechina, Chazal didn't stand by their Gezeira. It's not an issue of there's an Isra of Abina. It's disrespectful to leave a dead Sheretz in the base of Migdash right before Hashem's front door. So that's why you remove it. And obviously in the actual sanctuary, you would definitely remove it because it's a lack of respect for Hashem. Okay, now we're just going to bring, Rabbi Yochanan is going to explain what the previous Machlokis is based on. They actually learn it out from the same Pasuk. It says, The Kohanim will come into the Beis Hamikdash to purify it. And they take out all the tumor which they found in the Heichel Hashem, into the courtyard of the house of Hashem. And then the Levim would take it from them outwards. What this is going on, um, I don't remember the name of his father. Was it Achaz or Achav? Um, let's see if Rashi says quickly. I don't remember the father's name. But the father had filled, the, a Jewish king, had filled the base Amigdash with idols. That's what the tumor that we're referring to. And the, when Chizkiyahu became king, then he got them to, the Kohanim to take it out. Now the Kohanim would go into the base Amigdash, the sanctuary, and take it out. They would take it into the courtyard. And from there, the Levim would take it out. Now the question is, why didn't the Kohanim just take it all the way out? They needed as many people as possible to get this tumor out of the base Amidash as quickly as quickly as possible. So why did they get the Kohanim? Why didn't they just get more Kohanim to actually take the 
the, at further, why did they leave it at the courtyard for the Levim? Instead of letting more Kohanim become Tomei, they let the Levim. So it's a problem for Kohanim to become Tomei, let's assume that. But again, um, and that's, but so, so they let the, so wherever the Kohanim did not have to become Tomei, did not have to transport the idols from, they let the Levim. So Mars of Arabishim Venanus holds me the Ishtani Ba'azara Belevim. From the fact that the Kohanim switched and gave it to the Levim, I who were the workers who were removing the idols in the Beis Hamidash, the Kohanim, and in the Azorah it was the Levim. So why did they change? Because there's no problem of Tuma in the Azorah. And therefore, they can change over there. Seven seconds. Yeah. So, so, so again, so why did the the why did the Kohanim do it up to there? Because it was essential from the from the Zohar onwards. They didn't worry. He says no. He went on where the Levim not allowed to enter. It's not based on where the Tumah is not a, not such a problem anymore. It's based on where the Levim are not allowed to go. Once it's possible for the Levim to come into the Beis Amidash, then we allow the Levim, then we rather, then we prefer it that the Levim take it. Right, so again, Rabbi Shimon Ben Nana says the reason you, they switch to the Levim in Azorah is because it's not a problem of the Tumah, of, of more Tumah being there and changing from the Kohanim to the Levim. But according to Um, yeah, so that would, and that would be the same thing by Mukta according to Rabbi Shimon It's not, it's not a problem of Tumah in the Azorah, as we see, they switched it to the Levim there, and so too with Mukta, it would not be a problem. So Mukta would not arrive. According to Rabbi Akiva, the, again, the idols had to be removed, but as soon as they were moved into the Azorah, Levim are allowed to enter the Azorah. So that's why we let the Levim in there, rather than make more Kohanim Tomei. Um, and therefore, but not, but there is a problem of Tumah in the Azara. Okay, new point. Um, this is built on this concept of where we let the Levim go, where we let the Kohanim go. So the Bryce says, Ton Rabbon, Anyone can go into the Beis Hamikdash to build it, to fix it, and to remove tumor from it. Or mitzvah b'kohanim, but it's preferable to let the kohanim. Im ain't shon kohanim nichnasin levim. If there are no kohanim available, then rather get levim. Ain't shom levim nichnasin Yisrael, Yisraelim. But if there are no levim, then ask, then get regular Jews. Ve'idi ve'idi tahorinin metamim lo, but. Whichever group is doing it, Kohanim, Levim, or Yisraelim, they have to be Tahor and not Tomei. Now, Omar Avuna, now we're going to see a different version. Omar Avuna, Rav Kahana, Messiah, Kahani, Rav Kahana, Kohen. It's the same like, you know, someone who's got the surname Kohen is often a Kohen. So, Rav Kahana, Messiah, Kahani, 
the person with the name Kohen helped the Kohanim. The Tani Rav Kahana, Rav Kahana brought the following brisa. But the fact that it says any Kohen with a mum is not allowed to go up to the Paroiches. You might think that a Kohen with a blemish is not allowed to go west of the Mizbeach, right? between the sanctuary and the Mizbeach. And even if he's putting gold plates on the wall, even if he's there for building and repair, the Torah limits it with the word Ach. I, he's a Kohen with a blemish is only not allowed to do the Avoidah. But he is allowed to go into the Beis Amigdash for other reasons, like to repair or to remove Tumah or to build it. It says, mm-hmm. The mitzvah is with rather get Kohanim who are Tom, who do not have blemishes. But if there's no Kohen who does not have a blemish available, then let the Bale Mumim to go in for the repairs, etc. Mitzvah betaharim, rather get Kohanim who are Tahar, whether or not they have a mum, but if they know kohanim who are tahor, then let the kohanim who are tamei, kohanim in Yisraelim law. But either way, only kohanim and not Yisraelim. So we'll just we'll discuss a few interesting points on this. Um, but one first, the so what's the machlokes here? The one opinion says rather whoever's going into the base, I mean, again, not to do the temple service. The temple service has to be done by kohanim muatar without a blemish. That's the general rule. However, what happens if they're going in for repairs or to remove the tumor? There's some animals that crawled in and die, you need to remove them. Who's can go in? So the first price said anyone. Obviously, there's a hierarchy, but anyone as long as they are. Not Tomei. The second Bryce came along and said, and this seems to be the one that's brought the Halacha. No, um, oh, I'm not actually too sure what the Halacha is. Um, said, no, any Kohen can go in, whether he's Tor or Tomei as a mum or not, but not regular Jews. So that's the Machlokes. Um, uh, yeah, let's just read a little bit further. If you have a coin who's tome or a coin who has a blemish, which one should rather go into the base amigdash to do a repair or clean it or something like that? Rav Chia says rather let the coin who's tome go in because he's allowed to do avoidance tibur. If there's if there are no kohanim or if a majority of kohanim are tome. You still do the communal offerings. That's an amazing concept. The communal offerings, like the daily offerings, the musaf, etc. If there are no tahor kahanim, you still do it. Rabbi Lezer Oimer, Bal Mum Nichnas, Rabbi says, No, rather let the coin who has a mum because he's allowed to eat kochim. He's allowed to eat the non. Um, what is sacred, whereas a Tomei coin is not allowed to. So we see pros and cons with each. A, a Tomei, theoretically, he could do certain temple avoda, which a Balmum could never do. And we also see that, um, but a Balmum can eat Kodjim, which a Tomei coin can never eat Kodjim. So they each have their pros, why you might think, who, who's preferable? You need a repair done in the base Amigdash, and your choices between... You need a goldsmith, and the one goldsmith is a kohen with a... Or you need a, someone to plaster the walls, and the, the one kohen who can do it has a, has a mum, and the other is tome. 
that's the Machloikis, yeah. Now, just the interesting discussion that comes from this is it's a big discussion. What about offering korbanos nowadays? I mean, it's politically incorrect, definitely, to go onto the Temple Mount and try offer korbanos, find a bulldozer and offer a korban. But what about um, halakhically? Halakhically, can we? Should we? Should we? Can we go into the Beis Hamikdash and offer korbanos? So it's a big, uh, it's a big discussion. Um, the Chassam Sofer, interestingly enough, says that it turns out that the only Korban you could do would be the Korban Pesach. We're heading into Psochim, so this is important for us, the Korban Pesach. He says, why? Because Korban Pesach is actually half viewed as an individual's Korban and half viewed as a communal offering. And in a private Korban can never be offered when people are Tomei. But the Korban Pesach can be. If a majority of B'nai Shrol, a majority of Kohanim are Tomei, you can offer the Korban Pesach like a communal offering. A communal offering, what is the weakness of the communal offering? Um, oh, the only communal offering has to be brought with money, like the Machatzis shekel I donated by every single Jew which we don't collect the Machatzis shekel, so you can't have a communal offering. So the communal offerings are out and the private offerings are out, except the Korban Pesach, because that's people buy their own Korban Pesach, but regards to Tumah, that the Kohanim, who are all Tomei, could still do it. So theoretically, once you say, yep, you could do the, you could offer the Korban Pesach. Okay, but that's another discussion. Then a second point is, what about building the Mizbeach? Everyone's Tomei. So the one opinion comes along and says, um, Forgot Sharet Tzedek comes along and says, You can't. You have to be tar. You have to be tar to build the Beis Amikdash. To build the Mizbech. It's part of building the Beis Amikdash. So you have to be tar, which is difficult. Um, another, I don't want to go into the full discussion, but that's difficult because here we seem to say that a Tomei person can build the Beis Amikdash, can build the Mizbech. Just make sure that they Kohanim. So that's a big discussion, um, theoretically, offering korbanos nowadays. I've heard, I don't know if they still do it, there's a group of people who every Pesach, they get a few lambs and they try and walk on to Harabais to go offer their korbanos, and the government and the police turn them away, but at least they, they, then they say, well, we, we tried, but we were oinase. It was out of our control. But that's an interesting discussion that touches on the sukya. Um, setting it up nowadays. Now we're going to go on to Rabbi Shimon. So Rabbi Shimon Oimer. The first point Rabbi Shimon said is they um, they give it to you. They grant you from your own. What was his exact phrase? Rabbi Shimon Oimer. When Chazal permitted to you, they permit what is yours. So Rabbi, um, so Rabbi Shimon. What's Rabbi Shimon going on? That he says they permit you what is yours. So Hasam Kai, he's going on much earlier on the Masech. The Dithnan, as we learned, this was actually on Daf Nun Beis, about over 52, 52 pages ago. Daf If someone is outside the Tchum, even one step, one Amma outside the Tchum, and it becomes Shabbos, he's not allowed back into the Tchum. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, Rabbi Shimon says, no, even 15 Amas is allowed back in. 
because those, the surveyors who used to put the markers where the end of the city's trum would be, were not so specific because people would make mistakes. The Omar Tanakama says he can't enter, and Rabbi Shimon says he can. Now, what Rabbi Shimon in our mission is coming to say is it's got nothing to do with it's not because we're going lenient by Eruve Trumim. Remember, Eruv Trumim is this that you're only allowed to move 2000 Amos, but Michel Kho. They're giving you what is yours. The surveyors end off the markers a little bit early because people make mistakes and walk past them. So this that they give you 15 amos outside the trum to go back in, Rabbi Shimon says, I'm not giving you a leniency. I'm giving you what is yours. It's part of your 2,000 amos. That's the first point of Rabbi Shimon. The second point of Rabbi Shimon is... Um, The second point of Rabbi Shimon says they're only permitted to you what is because of a shvus. What's he going on? What point? This that they permitted. He says Hosom is going on a point earlier on. The Tanakama, as the Tanakama says, you can tie the harp string. Rabbi Shimon says no, you can't tie it. You can only put a bow. Now Rabbi Shimon says. And what's Rabbi Shimon's svara? Because shvusim, mitzvahs, isurei drabonon are permitted in the base of Vigdash, but not isurei d'oraisa. And now we qualify that first. Further, he says, If you're tying a bow, you will never ever, um, you will never ever transgress an isur d'oraisa. Because tying a bow is only an isur drabonon. So even if you plan on tying it there forever, it's not a real knot, so it's only an isur drabonon. However, if you're tying a proper knot, will that, um, that, even if you plan on doing it temporarily, you say like straight after Shabbos, I'm going to untie the knot and do it officially or something, that could lead to Isudorais if you plan on leaving it there. Because remember, what determines whether or not, one of the determining factors of whether you're allowed to tie this sort of knot or not, or are you or are you not allowed to tie this knot, depends on your intent to how long is it there for. So Rabbi Shimon says, if you're tying a regular knot, you're very likely to come to do an Isra Doraisa, and therefore you're not allowed to do it. Okay, so that ends off the discussion of the Gomorrah and the Masech. The one interesting, why is Rabbi Shimon here? Why didn't we say these points when they came up? Why did we leave it 50 daf and a few daf? How many daf ago? Um... 50 daf, 2 daf, just do it on the Mishnah where it's relevant. So Tosos give an answer and say that um, they wanted to finish all the discussions of what was permitted in the Beis Amikdash and Osur. But the Marshal is not too happy with that. The Marshal gives a very interesting answer. He says, it's teaching us, and it's why we left Rabbi Shimon for here, is to teach a very, very important principle. And that principle actually highlights what's unique about Eruvin. One of the unique factors about Eruvin is that um, I hope we don't get cut off, but if we do, we'll leave it there for today because we finished the Masechta. But um, one of the unique factors of a Ruvin is that it's all Isurei Durabonon. What Isurei Durais have we discussed? 
We're all, uh, the carrying between an Eruv and setting up of an Eruv and that you have to put bread in the one house and, if, and you have to have a Tzuras HaPes and all this, it's all, the, all only Surah Drabonim, the whole concept of an Eruv. And that's actually one of the unique factors of uh, Eruvin is the Mesechta's focus totally around the Mitzvah Drabonim. Look, when we go to Psochim, there's the Isur of Chometz, which is Doraisa, fine. There's a mitzvah of four cups of wine, which is Drabonin. But a lot of them, say, oh, there's a Korban Pesach, which is Doraisa. So a lot of it is Doraisa, and some of it's Drabonin. This whole Mesechta, Eruvin, the concept of Eruvin is all Drabonin. So that's what he says. They left here, Rabbi Shimon, to tell us that whenever you find that they're going lenient by Eruvin, don't think that they're being careless and just going lenient. As we've seen, you know, for mitzvahs, you can get away with different types of Eruvin. You can, you know, all different uh, leniencies that we've come across. Don't think they're going lenient. It's yours anyway, because the Orisa, you could carry. The Orisa, you could walk an extra few steps, etc. So don't think that they're giving, being permissive. They're giving you back what is yours. The, the sages came along and said it's forbidden, and then the sages come along and say when it's permitted. That's uh, one interesting point on why this brought you. Just to end off this Masechta, a short, short idea I saw is if you, I don't, I don't know how well you remember, I also didn't remember it, but right at the beginning of the Masechta, we're discussing the size of an Eruv, and we ask, um, we ask, where do you get the size from? And it starts comparing it to the doors of the Beis Hamikdash. Is it the size of the Ulam, or from the Ulam into the Heichel? Which size door discussing the Beis Hamikdash? And right at the end of the Masechta, what have we been discussing? The Beis Hamikdash. And I don't know if you remember, but I did say at the beginning of the Masechta that hopefully that um, one of the things they bring, that they say Mashiach will come as a poor person riding on a donkey. And the word poor, Oni, is an acronym for three neglected Masechtas, Eruvin, Nida, and Yavamos. And so they kind of bring, when people start learning Eruvin, Nida, and Yavamos, when people learn those Masechtas that are often neglected, it will hopefully bring Mashiach, he'll come riding on his donkey with, uh, um, with those Masechtas. So hopefully we've, we've learned through this Masechta, we touched on the concept of the Beis Amigdash at the beginning and the end, and maybe, maybe we have the opportunity to rebuild it very soon. Hadron Aloch HaMoitzi Tvilin Usiklalon Meseches Eruvin Hadron Aloch HaMoitzi Tvilin Usiklalon Meseches Eruvin Hadron Aloch HaMoitzi Tvilin Usiklalon Meseches Eruvin